Welcome to the Wake Up Call podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Hopkins, life coach, recovering perfectionist, crazy animal lover, and your go-to friend for all things wellness. If you're the type of woman who constantly feels burned out, overwhelmed, and like you have zero time for yourself, then this is the show for you. I'll show you that it is completely possible to live a life you look forward to every single day by learning simple, actionable steps to start putting yourself first. Burnout and overwhelm are not welcome here, but a little bit of crazy sure is. So if you're ready for your wake up call with a girl who's not afraid to drop an F-bomb every now and then, let's dive in. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Wake Up Call podcast. I am hoping I sound okay. I am about two weeks post-COVID, and this thing is taking its sweet time leaving me alone. So apologies if I sound a little nasally and like I have a frog in my throat, but we're going to work through this. But well, thank you as always for joining me for another episode. You know, recently I had the privilege of going back home to Charlotte. My mom was celebrating a pretty big milestone birthday, and I just had the inkling that I wanted to go back. So it was great. I got to see my family. I got to celebrate my sweet mom and, you know, caught up with some friends. And it just was fantastic. And one of my favorite things about being back home are often the dinners we share at my mom's house. My sisters will come over. Sometimes my friends stop by. And inevitably, we end up sitting around the dining room table, either cutting up or telling stories. And this past uh, visit when I was back, I was asking my mom more about her experience when she was married to my dad and my dad was in the military. You know, my parents are no longer together, but when they were married, my dad's career in the military took us to a lot of different places. You know, we lived overseas. We lived all around the country. And it was quite different than the upbringing that my mom and and my dad, they grew up in really small towns in Western Pennsylvania. So I was asking my mom just from her experience, you know, what was it like, right? Like this life they ended up creating was so different. I was asking her, you know, what was it like from her vantage point? And she started telling me about how when they were in the Air Force, My mom had received this guide, basically like a guide for Air Force wives. And, you know, my dad moved into some pretty big leadership positions. And with that came a lot of expectations placed on the woman. And my mom was saying in this guide, there were things, you know, that ranged from talking about the importance of having your home clean all the time, because you never knew when, you know, an officer or someone of, of, you know, someone unexpectedly maybe come by your home. And it was like that you needed to have your home always ready, you know, anticipating someone may stop by, like your kid's perfect, all this stuff. And, you know, my mom was raising three small children. I can only imagine what that felt like. And, you know, she also shared that it was talked about as far as like women in their careers. And basically, you know where this is going. It was said that women really needed to think about their career because their their pursuit of it could jeopardize right their husband's career and their their path basically that the woman needed to go into a supporting role right so it got me thinking while you know in present day sense you know we're not receiving necessarily these guides telling us in black and white written you know paper what it means to be a woman and who you're supposed to be we do have a lot of external forces and influences that are telling us who we're supposed to be. And it's masking our authenticity, 
who we really are, right? Like who hasn't fallen victim to the comparison trap? You're scrolling Instagram and you're seeing images and these perfect versions of people doing life in a way that you perceive to be better than you. And we're allowing these things, I know I certainly have, and it shows up a lot when I'm feeling unsteady or unsure of myself, right? I I think most of us can relate to that. When we're feeling ourselves shaky, we often look to something outside of ourselves to say who we need to be, to be okay, to be accepted, to be perfect, you know, whatever that might be. But all along when we're allowing these masks, right? Like we're, we're changing who we really are to fit in, right? We're holding back on who we really are. And if you do this for a really long time, sooner or later, there is going to be a tension that rises from within, right? Because you're not acting in a manner of who you really are. So in my conversation today with Sheila Ann Murray, We're talking about this notion of getting back to your innermost natural state. And what prompted me to have this conversation with her is a while back, she had had this post on Instagram that just at my core, I read her words and I thought, wow, I so identify to this. You know, we're going to talk more about that. What she referenced in her post was this notion about connecting to your, your wild woman, right? your inner wild woman, bringing her forward. And I don't know if you've heard of the book, Women Who Run With Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Hopefully I said that correct. You know, it's this idea of connecting to the parts of who we are, like embracing who you really are and empowering yourself to stop holding back, right? So when you hear this wild woman, you may be like, what are you even talking about? Think about it from the frame of, your natural self, like who you are at your core, if you weren't hiding it. So this conversation, Sheila's talking, you know, about her experience. She's also telling and sharing ways that we can connect to that part of ourself and bring more of it forward. Because when you're operating from that place, I think you will find that it's not so exhausting, right? To be constantly keeping up with this moving target of who you think you're supposed to be and just start showing up as you actually are. So guys, without further introduction, let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with Sheila Ann Murray. So Sheila, welcome back to the podcast. I can't wait to chat with you. And I'm wondering if you could just go ahead and tee up. You know, you had mentioned, I think you said it was the middle of last year that you've you found her, right? You connected to this Mm -hmm. part of you. And I'm curious if you could share a little bit more about what that looked like. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here. I am excited to keep diving into this topic. When I say I found her, something I check myself on a bit is that that also says that I lost her. And that's not necessarily true because we don't necessarily lose the wild woman, but we can lose sight of her and we could can lose sensation and feeling for her. And so therefore we, we can reclaim her. We can bring her back out to the surface. And that's exactly what I did. I've always had a part of me that I would invite into the world during times that felt safe, maybe being with friends or family that I felt I was able to be more expressive, more myself, more instinctual with, or being by myself. However, I would say during my adolescence and up to my early twenties, the, the wild woman mostly stayed hidden under wraps, we'll say, 
because I was more attentive to fitting in and figuring out what was right, which makes sense. And I'm sure that many who are listening to this podcast can relate to this, right? You want to get the job, you want to get the dates, you want to get the friends. And so you feel like you have to look around. What are they doing? What What is he or she doing right? And how can I mimic that? Then everything really changed when I started to follow my heart and do really big things like quit my job, move out of the city, um, not have a plan, go travel and backpack through Europe, fall in love, not know what was going to happen. And I think that's when I started to really get in touch with my wild woman, but I didn't have the words yet to describe it. I didn't have the words, the vocabulary to say, oh, this is what is happening because so many different things were happening. However, at the, the middle of last year, just as you mentioned before, it was actually September of 2021 when I was wandering through a bookstore in Seattle and I came across this book, Women That Run With Wolves, or I think it's Women Who Run With Wolves, but either way, I saw it in this used bookstore and mind you, I have a thousand books that I have that I've never read um, because I am always more ambitious than I need to I'm always reading five different books at once, but I picked up the book and I said, I am reading this. I need to read this. Everything in my body said yes, which we'll talk about. And I started to read this book, um, which I have a passage that I can share from it as well as we're talking. This is something that's really allowed me to start dipping my toes in. And that's when I discovered who the wild woman really is. And through this book, um, I discovered a lot of the legends and myths around the wild woman. And that's, what's really important, which again, we'll get into as well, but it's not always about like the definition of like, what is the wild woman and how can I become that? Because that's still the same thing as before, right? How do I fit into this box when really we know, we know who the wild woman is because we, there's that part of us that still knows the instinctual, the intuitive the being, the feeling that is discovering the wild woman. And so I use that book as an anchor for myself to learn. And then I was able to begin to integrate that vocabulary to then teach it. So both to my one-on-one clients, as well as to my nourish group coaching program, it actually became a module on its own of um, play and of the wild woman. Thank you for sharing all of that. And you know, what came up for me is I think about for a vast majority of my existence, I I call myself like a chameleon. Like I felt like I would have to read the room and then I decided how mm-hmm. I would show up, like who I needed mm-hmm. to be in that moment. And I was the queen of, you know, I wanted to be the nice, sweet, likable girl, right. Mm-hmm. That everyone thought great things about. And what I know now is it, it, came from just a deep seated belief in like really just needing acceptance and approval. Mm-hmm. But the irony is I really needed the acceptance and approval for myself. And, and I yeah. think that when I hear this concept or like, you know, the, the phrase wild woman, it's connecting to the parts of you that, you know, it's always been there. Like you said, it's not like we've lost it. It's just that we've kind of forgotten like our innermost mm-hmm. being and I know for me, I think it's even shown up. I just wanted to put this in words in case someone's like, I'm not sure this wild woman concept is like landing with me. I think about it too, as like when you're experiencing that like tension inside that you, you can tell something's off, but you can't quite name it. I feel like that rub is from the hiding of your true self. Like there's something you're suppressing, which is kind of how I relate to like the wild woman, if you will. It's like the parts of you that you're hiding Mm -hmm. because 
you know, whether it's safety, acceptance, approval, but you can only do it for so long before tension builds or, you know, for me, I think it stemmed a lot of my anxiety, things like that. I'm sure that's something a lot of people can relate to. It's something I can relate to. And it's actually not just us wanting to like be liked or wanting to be approved. It's a survival skill. And that is key because our bodies, our minds think that we need to do these things in order to survive. And that's so important to validate because otherwise it's like, why am I doing this? I want to stop doing this. It's one of our basic human needs is to be connected, is to be safe, is to have relationships. And so that younger version of ourselves can learn that we need to do these things like mimic or be kind in order to be accepted. And they don't know that there's an older Sheila or there's an older older Alicia that can protect us that we don't, it's okay. We don't need that. You know, the younger version of Alicia of Sheila are like, I need, I need approval. I need, I need to be kind. I need to hide my needs, but we don't need to do that anymore because we can take care of ourselves when we were babies. We couldn't do that. Right. Anyway, that's a whole different tangent that we could go down, but I want to validate that because that it's actually not something that's wrong with us that we were doing. It's actually a survival skill. As we begin to reclaim our wild woman, a big part of that is actually learning how to speak our needs and draw boundaries. The wild woman is all about learning how to defend yourself. And that's not necessarily like putting up your armor and, oh, I'm going to defend. It's actually just setting it, as I mentioned, setting boundaries, having honest conversations, speaking up for yourself, saying when something isn't right. The wild woman is all about getting in touch with your instincts and your intuition so you can actually figure out what you really want in your life and who you want to be. Oh my gosh, that right there, connecting to your instincts and your intuition, because it's wild, be, wild has no pun intended. It's wild for me that I think about when I was a kid, I related to being really intuitive. And then I think for the years that fitting in became the stronger survival, you know, need or mechanism, it was muted and gone for a long time. But it's interesting. I can say in recent history, the more that I've dove into personal development, you know, done more just inner work, reflective work. I notice the instincts, like whether it's the nudge of like, yes, I want that. No, I don't want that. Or like the intuition, like all of that has come back online and it's, Mm. it was gone for a really long time. So that really, just when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, that, that hits deep. So, and, and I see that also too, is I remember when I could not connect to my intuition or instincts and I felt so frustrated and it was like, I was forcing, like, I didn't understand why. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just that when we do start connecting to those parts of ourselves, right. Your inner being and letting like honoring it or like allowing those parts to come through. I think that's when, again, like, I think these, the connection comes back online and that's when the magic happens. That's when you begin to like feel things that you forgot you could feel and know things that you forgot that you could know and um, dance in a way that you didn't know you could dance, right? All of those different things. So maybe someone out there is thinking that, that they can't take, you know, such big actions. What are ways in our everyday that we can start connecting to our inner wild woman, like letting that part out? Absolutely. And to be clear, I needed to take that trip because that was a lifelong dream of mine. I knew that that was what I wanted. So if you just do that to do it, you're actually doing the opposite of honoring your wild woman. You're not listening to yourself. And so it's about maybe for someone else, it's about really nesting into their home, 
or it's about planting the garden they always wanted to plant, right? Again, these are still big things. Like planting garden is no small deal for anybody who's tried to, who's currently trying to grow a garden or have a tomato plant. And they're like, this is a lot of work. It doesn't need to be always big things. It can actually be small things. For example, some of the things that I was listening before, which is about uh, having honest conversations, getting to speak up for your needs, getting to know what you need. And to put that into plain words as well, something I always work with my clients on and myself on is getting to know your hell yes and your hell no. What does yes and no feel like in your body? That is foundational and that is vital in order to connect with your wild woman and also in order to create a, a happy, fulfilling life getting to know your hell yes and your hell no. Would it be helpful for me to explain how to do that? It was literally, I was jotting down a note to say, because I remember (laughs) a period of time that I was so disconnected from my body that I didn't know what a yes Mm -hmm. or a no felt like. So please, yes, go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Something that I always do instead of thinking forward and, and giving people assignments right away of like how to discover that in their own life, it's actually all use um, our history, like data that we already know. So what I'd ask you to do is to imagine a time that you were somewhere you didn't want to be. So imagine a time that you like went to a party that you were like, okay, I should have just listened to myself and I shouldn't have come. Or maybe you were in a job that you stayed way too long or a relationship. You don't have to say what that situation is, but can you imagine one of those times? Definitely. Okay. So I'm going to invite you to just close your eyes and this will just help to take out the visual aspect of what you're sensing and really put yourself in that place, maybe where you were, who was around you and notice anything in your body. This might come in the form of itching, aching, frustration, needing to run or needing to crawl under a desk, something in your stomach, your heart, anything. Once you have a couple of sensations, you can share it if you'd like. What came up for me was um, like tightness in my chest and also this, uh, I just describe it as like panic. Like it was like, I felt like I just wanted, I needed to jump. I needed to run. I needed to like get out, Mm -hmm. like out. Mm -hmm. Like it was just very like a a distinct impulse of like, I just needed Mm -hmm. to to run. Yes, absolutely. And that's what was happening on a perhaps unconscious level. And what you described earlier about that tension, that like feeling disconnected, that was you trying to cover that part of yourself up. So you didn't run, you didn't leave all of those things. That's what creates the tension in our bodies, right? That disconnection. And then that sense of like, uh, not fully trusting ourselves can come out of that as well. Okay. Let's play with something more fun. So imagine a situation where you were just totally yourself. You were in a place of bliss or on vacation or with uh, maybe one of the best days of your life. Um, You can go big for this one and imagine yourself there. Maybe noticing what's around you, who's around you, allow yourself to settle in and then notice anything in your heart, your hips, your feet, your jaw, your belly. Yeah. What I noticed I felt warmth, like almost uh, coming from within kind of like my chest. Like it was, I envisioned it also like bright, like I saw energy kind of, um, and I just overall felt lifted, light and happy. 
lifted light and happy and a, a, like a light that was coming off of it. I, I love that. And what I'm imagining for you is that on a micro level, this is probably happening on the day to day, whether you get an email that says, Hey, Alicia, do you want to do this with me? And you either feel that urgency to run, or you feel like, Ooh, this is good. But often we're not looking for those things so they can get lost. If we're not paying attention to what's happening in our body, they can get lost even when it's happening. Our body has so much wisdom. If we could start trusting it and believe that our brain is not like the almighty power. Like, I think we, we tell ourselves what, yeah. right. Like thinking that we can override yeah. and just tell our body what it needs to do and what we need to do. But innately there's something within us that knows differently, mm-hmm. whether that's like our soul or, you know, whatever. But so mm-hmm. I would gather then someone listening to this, if they're thinking about like, right, running themselves through the kind of, what does it feel like? Like a no, a yes, looking to, to add more of that yes feeling into their life is putting them on the path to kind of connecting to that inner wild woman. Absolutely. And weeding out all the other stuff that is vital. It's vital to connect to their wild woman and to lead that life that feels fully aligned and fully um, you. I had been listening to a podcast and it was, you know, on this, um, they had someone who had written a book kind of like adjunct to um, women who run with the wolves And she was talking about how challenging what we've been socialized to believe is supposed to be your life and like letting go of the white picket fence dream. And that hit Mm. me so deeply because I think to a period of my life where everything externally looked so good, it was actually really like my, a rock bottom that I didn't realize because I had denied so many things. I think it was really just the breaking point of, right. When you described mm-hmm. like the, the years of burying yourself from fitting in and seeking the approval and all of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that just, it just popped in my mind of something that I wanted to share is that, you know, someone out there listening to this of like, not understanding why their life looks so good yet. They feel so yeah. off, Ugh. right. Looking to let go and release, right? Those mm-hmm. no's, the feelings that bring like the, the whatever no looks like for you and bringing forward more of the yeses. And so mm-hmm. I'm curious from your experience or things you're seeing in your clients, what is the biggest shift or like, what is the biggest difference now that you have connected to those parts of you that are no longer buried? It varies. Um, I mean, in all of my clients, I see a very stark decrease of anxiety overall. And that's mostly because of the embodiment work that we do. And the wild woman integrates well into this because if you get to know your hell yes and your hell no, guess what? You're not going to be wasting lots of time and energy stressing for hours and hours about a decision that could be clear, that could just happen. And then it's over to be like specific. Like there's a lot of different ways that that can come through, but one of the ways that the wild woman can help you in that is again, learning how to distinguish and then reserve a lot more of your time and energy for yourself to do the things you actually love and care about. And then also it allows you to have more creativity. I have had a lot of creative clients, whether it's people that want to pick up the clarinet again, one of my clients just started playing the clarinet again. And it was actually a really emotional experience for her because she forgot how much she loved it, but music that's something that's part of the wild woman as well. That's a sense of, of freedom and connecting with something bigger than yourself. 
for someone else, it's creating um, that business that they wanted to create that's in the creative realm. I mean, anyone who creates a business, it's creativity, right? And so it differs because, and it's supposed to differ, right? Because it's all about becoming more of who you are, which is why like in my, in my nourish program, I always say that it's not about becoming more like me or becoming more like the other women. I'm not a coach because I think that I'm doing it, that I'm the, the doing life the best way. It's because I get to help people to become more of themselves, like a, a more illuminated, less weeded down, less pulled down version of them. And so it does differ from person to person what that looks like. And I sometimes get people who just want to connect to that person that feels more able to, to dance and to shake their hips and to get out there and to date and to be more open in their relationship, right? There's this very um, sexy sultriness with the wild woman, but it's not because it's supposed to be sexualized. It's more because you're in your body, right? That's all it takes. You know, what's coming up to me or coming up for me is like, Mm -hmm. I think about the exhaustion that comes from having to keep up with like the version of yourself that isn't really you. And I think that when you start, because to me, what I also think it is, is it's just showing up more like authentically and like really being seen and showing all parts of you. It really does represent like a lightness and a freedom because you're no longer and maybe I should just use my, my, like I language. I notice when I am no longer being so concerned about all the possible scenarios that I need to think about. Like, if I say this, what if she thinks this and mm-hmm. will they think I'm this? And did like, I feel like I've become more decisive, more clear. It's a lot less exhausting when you just say what you mean, mean what you say, like, yeah do what you want to do versus what you think you're supposed to do. And, and yeah, I don't know. I think it just starts with like little steps of honoring the parts of you that you've covered. And the more you start letting little pieces of you out, it's like, you know, the next step or like the next, like you connect yeah. to something else that you're like, now I want to try this or now it becomes you know. easier and easier. It's a snowball effect. Yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing that I want to add as well is it's not just about knowing that you'll say the right thing when you say what you mean, something that came up. I remember this specifically with the first community that I ran was, I said, like, what makes you uncomfortable to share with the group? And some of the women shared, I'm afraid that I'm going to say something that I don't mean. And part of what we get to learn is that if we say something that we don't mean, guess what? It's okay. It's okay to also change your mind because I think sometimes we're like, what if I say something and then I want to change my mind, but I can't go back because then I seem in inauthentic. Or what if I say what I mean, but then it didn't come out right. Or I actually meant something different or I actually not lied, but you know, when you say something, you're like, why did I just say that? That's not true. I think it's also offering some, uh, giving yourself some forgiveness and some grace when you say what you mean, it's just knowing that you can say things. And as long as you're not hurting anyone, it's okay. And once you start to learn that, that you can give yourself grace and forgiveness, that the world isn't going to come after you, that people have much more of a capacity to hold that space for you. And you are trying to collect your thoughts, then you can feel more confident trying to go again and again, to have that more direct communication. It makes me think too, that, um, when we can start, right, like being there for ourselves, And like you said, like, it's okay to change your mind or it's okay to say something and then have a differing opinion. It's almost like you don't worry about the judgment of others as much just because mm-hmm. you, you feel solid in yourself and know yeah. that 
right? Like there's no other intention yeah. behind, like we can make mistakes or we can change our mind. Like, I, I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. like, articulating that very well, but it just comes up to me that it's like, you don't fear the judgment of others as much because I think when sure. you are so consumed by the approval and the fitting in and all of that, mm-hmm. people's judgments was your worth. But when you start getting your worth from yeah. yourself, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you're not as reliant on the judgment. And I think, again, this all ties back to kind of this concept, right. Of like the wild woman and like just being who you've always meant to be. Like it's, it's, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's just kind of showed up for me. That's exactly right. Well, I think you had mentioned that there was a passage from the book that maybe you would share. Is there that a section? There are so many sections of this book that I love, but I think that this is specifically helpful for people that are looking for a window or a door to start integrating their wild woman. So I found this passage earlier and I wanted to share it. It says, the doors to the world of the wild are few, but precious. If you have a deep scar, that is a door. If you have an old, old story, that is a door. If you love the sky and the water so much, you can almost not bear it, or you almost cannot bear it, that is a door. If you yearn for a deeper life, a full life, a sane life, that is a door. Wow. So I know I have some like interpretations of that, but why did that resonate with you so much? I think I've talked about this on your podcast, actually, about different points in my life where I've made a big change. And whenever something quote unquote bad has happened in my life, something good has always come some light, some knife to cut the the grief or the pain. And it's always an opportunity to connect deeper with myself, with nature, with the world. And so I see this as these doors, these windows to entering more of like our wild woman selves. They're all around us. And so I love that it talks about the deep scars and the old stories, but also those moments that you find yourself here. I know that you live um, by the ocean and you're like, Oh my God, I'm so small or I'm so big or whatever. I I love the sky. I love the ocean. What's happening. I'm in bliss. Those out of body experiences when you're truly connected to all that is totally agree with everything you just said. And something to me that came up was like leaning into the, the stuff that hurts, like like the tough Mm -hmm. stuff, like not shying away from it, because I think that we have a tendency to avoid the stuff that whether it like emotionally just runs deep, but mm-hmm. in that meeting of the pain, like you said, you, you learn more about yourself. I think you can yeah. also kind of clear the hurts, but you come out wiser, stronger, whatever you mm-hmm. want to say. So it's like leaning into the hard stuff, but it's also leaning into, like you said, like the good stuff, the stuff that feels so expansive that puts you in awe. Like, I mean, I'm a tree hugger. I will put it out there, but there's so much that happens. I think we live in a world that we were indoors so much. We are so connected and it's like, we have this beautiful masterpiece all around us. I just think it's underutilized and there's such Mm -hmm. like healing and, and talk about too, you know, for people that maybe don't relate to feeling like they're disconnected from themselves. I feel like there's medicine in in nature, right? Whether it's that you go in the woods and go on a hike or you feel the sun on your skin, you're near the Mm -hmm. water, you go to a park, like this stuff sounds cheesy, but it's so true. There's something that happens. And I do think too, the point you said about like 
something about realizing like how small we are in the great big world. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know. It just also helps to put some things into perspective as well. Absolutely. And that's what wild comes from in the wild woman. It's not like this untamed, crazy version of ourselves that's wreaking havoc. It's actually the wild as in nature, right? Instinct, intuition, like all of these things that are very natural, putting your feet in the dirt. That's the wild woman. Thank you for saying that because I literally just last night was having a conversation with a friend of saying, it's interesting, the further we get from operating like similarly to nature, right? Like whether it's recognizing like we ourselves yeah. experience our own seasons, but like the, the more we're removing ourselves from our environment, we're causing more tension, stress, anxiety, like I think mm-hmm. that there's just something to be said for like rewilding ourselves, like you said, and connecting yeah. to just who we are as like natural beings, you know, and and we just get caught up in so much human stuff. I feel like, like absolutely pressures, society, all that type of stuff. So yeah. Oh man, Sheila, thank you for letting me pick your brain on this. I, and guys, absolutely. if you want to know more about it, definitely you need to connect with Sheila on socials. Can you tell us a little bit more, uh, where do we find you on Instagram? If we're interested in knowing more about your coaching or ways that you're helping women connect to this, their inner wild woman, tell us all the good stuff. Come and say hello to me. I love um, connecting with people over on Instagram. You can find me at she flows and grows. And I am in a really exciting season. Speaking of seasons of welcoming new women into my next cohort of Nourish, which is my group coaching experience that will take off at the end of September. So there are still um, spaces left in that. It is a completely virtual program with a on-demand community, a workbook, and weekly slash bi-weekly calls. And we go through the process of body, mind, and soul, talking about some of the concepts that you and I chatted about today. So the other thing, speaking of like more wildness and and connecting with the the earth and the water, I'm leading a six-day Costa Rica retreat in February with my dear friend, Crystal Lynn, and it is in beautiful, the Providence of Guanacaste in Costa Rica. So that is another way to connect in person um, in a really meaningful and more immersive way. And then finally, I have my in, um, my one-on-one coaching program for people that want to get a more tailored approach, whether you are looking to feel more calm and confident and aligned in your life, or you need to jump ship in your career, or you're looking to find love and open your heart. Um, I work with women personally on all of that life and uh, as well as um, life coaching, as well as embodiment coaching. Okay. Well, Costa Rica sounds amazing. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, So many good things, guys connect with Sheila on Instagram, learn more about her, her offerings. She's just somebody, a bright light in this world. And I love, I love everything that you're putting out there. And of course, and everyone here, I hope that if you walk away with nothing else, I think such an important takeaway is really getting tuned in to like, what are the hell yeses? What are the hell no's yes. in your life? And connecting more to the yeses, removing the no's, and just notice what you feel. Do you feel lighter? Do you feel more like yourself? Do you feel happier and more ease? So I hope that this conversation inspires you to connect to your inner wild woman. And thank you so much for joining on this episode. I can't wait to talk with you soon. Bye guys. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Wake Up Call podcast. If you liked what you heard today, I would love for you to subscribe and leave a review. It takes just a few minutes and does wonders for helping other people find the podcast. If you want to connect outside of the podcast, you can do so by following at Alicia D. Hopkins on Instagram. And if you really liked the episode you just listened to, do me a favor. Would you screenshot the episode and tag me? I would love to see what's resonating with you. Thank you for joining me today. And I hope today's episode helped you to see that you can wake up to the change that's possible in your life. Thank you.